Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to this very first episode of Grow With Soul podcast. I'm so glad that you're here listening with me. This podcast has been you know, weeks and months in the physical making, but probably years in my head of kind of trying to pluck up the guts to actually do this. So I'm really grateful that you're here with me. So what is Grow a Soul? What is a simple marketing podcast? I'm never really sure whether to make a really big fanfare out of moments like this or whether to just quietly slip into the content. But I don't want this to be like a big episode just about me. So we are going to get on to some really valuable stuff. Just introducing slow marketing to you. And if you don't already know me or you do already know me, I hope that it's going to be really useful for you to just start rethinking how you approach marketing and start shifting that mindset. But having said that, I am going to introduce myself first of all. I'm Kate. It's spelt with a Y in it, so a lot of people think that it's Katie. And in future interview episodes of this podcast, you will hear people call me Katie because I tend to just not correct them. But it is Kate, and I am also known online as Simple and Season. That's my blog where I first started out, simpleandseason.com, and then also I'm there on Instagram. And I started out as a marketer in-house working for various companies. I've done kind of B2B and B2C services and I loved it. I loved coming up with ideas. I loved working in the team. But then something happened in the summer of 2016, which was that the company I was working for, our delivery company kind of went a bit crazy. And what that ended up meaning was that I wasn't doing a lot of marketing. I was doing a lot of logistics and customer service and stuff. And I was coming home every day and collapsing and just watching crap TV and then going to bed and then waking up and doing it all again. And I wanted to get some more of that creativity back in my life and have a little bit more purpose. So I started a blog. I'd always wanted to start a blog. I'd started various incarnations of blogs over the years, but none of them actually made it to being published and public. And the only thing I can say about why Simple and Season actually made it to being published is that it just came to a point where it was more important that I did it than the fear was holding me back. So that went live in that summer. And over the course of the next couple of months, I was meeting people online through the blog. I finally worked out after plugging away on Twitter for a while that Instagram was definitely where my people were. And I started to meet more and more makers and people with small businesses who just had no idea how to market. And because marketing is something that's always kind of come naturally easy to me, I couldn't really understand why they were doing what they were doing. It's like, well, just do this, this and this. You don't need to be messing about with that. But I started to learn and notice that it wasn't something that came easy to everybody. And at the same time, as I was becoming more and more invested in this online world, I was becoming less and less invested in the, in inverted commas, real world of my job. And it felt like the job was the side hustle and the blog was the real thing. I 
And it all came to a head in March of 2017. I went to a marketing conference and the idea had been, ironically, for it to really reignite my passion for my job and to get inspired and kind of ready to kind of start the year again and get right back into it. And really it had the opposite effect because I was in there, I was listening to these talks by huge banks and corporations and they were talking about essentially spying on people through their online messaging and about ways to get little more pounds and pennies out of people and I just was sat there and I thought I don't want to be a part of this you know I needed a shower after that I didn't want to be in that world I wanted to use what I knew and what I was naturally good at for good rather than evil so that's kind of where the second part of the story began. A month later, my other half, who is a chef, and I went on holiday to Snowdonia, which is a national park here in the UK in North Wales, and it's a, a mountainous national park. So it's all mountains, rivers, and then it goes down to the sea as well. And it's it's just beautiful. We've been loads of times before, but on this particular holiday, my boyfriend had an interview at a hotel and he got the job. So I went back into work after my holiday and said, okay, I'm leaving. I'm moving to the mountains and I'm going to start my own business, which was a huge shock to them, to everybody who knew me, to my family. It was never something that I'd ever spoken about. I hadn't really talked to them about my blog. And then all of a sudden I'm upping sticks 200 miles away to work on this website that I had. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I just had a purpose that I wanted to help the people that I've been meeting online grow businesses that made their life make sense and enabled them to live the life that they wanted to live. And I didn't know how I was going to do that. But I worked with another coach, Jen Carrington, who you may have heard of, and she sort of helped me through really formulating what the business was going to be. Because as I was starting to set up my own business, like my plan had been to do marketing services and just kind of freelance like that. But then I realised as I was setting up my own business that your business is your baby and you don't want anybody else coming in to do it for you, but you want to do it yourself, but you don't quite know how. So I knew that that was where, where I could help people who wanted to do it all, but didn't quite know how, didn't have the confidence to do it, needed a little bit of accountability. That was really where I could provide value. So Fast forward, I'm now a creative business coach, a marketing mentor. I help predominantly women. There are a couple of men. I'm not (laughs) anti-men. I help them to really find clarity around their business idea, whether they've already got a business or it's just a dream, to find clarity into making that a reality and then build it, build a marketing brand, build a business to the point at which they are ready to live the life that they want and feel confident and purposeful in the work that they're doing. So yeah, that's the story so far. Well, (laughs) that's the whistle stop story so far. I'm sure a lot of other things will come out over the course of this podcast. But less about me and more about slow marketing. That's the kind of marketing that I teach. I'm not quite sure whether I invented it or not. Pretty sure there are lots of people doing it, but the irony is with slow marketing is that it's not the marketing that's most visible. It's not what comes up when you Google a problem or you are looking for marketing advice because the stuff that comes up there 
is the loud shouty marketing. It's the 10x your income, grow a six-figure business, make a million dollars in six days kind of marketing. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming that that is not what you want. That is really turning you off and perhaps makes you feel unworthy and that you're doing everything wrong because that's how it makes me feel. I don't want to grow an empire. I want to grow a business that gives me the life I want to live. I don't want to feel like because I'm not 10xing all the time that I'm somehow less of a business person. I'm not committed. I'm just committed in a different way. So slow marketing is really the anti of that kind of marketing. And I know it sounds kind of oxymoronic because you're thinking, well, I don't want to be slow. I want to want to be fast. I want things to happen. It's all been slow so far. But let's just think about that for a little while. Let's imagine that over the next two weeks, you doubled your orders or the number of clients that you got. What does your life look like with double the workload? It's out of control. (laughs) Your quality slips, you're not giving the service that you want to be giving, you're stressed, you've got no time for the other things you want to be doing, you've not been outside for five days, you're not eating properly, you're constantly firefighting, you're not putting things in place to make sure that after this busy two weeks, you've still got a business left. Your existing customers are feeling neglected because you're not getting back to them because you're constantly just firefighting, getting all these orders done. And although, yes, you've had this peak of income, what you're left with is actually a business more broken than it was beforehand. And is that what anyone wants? So although the idea of going viral and having huge growth in your business sounds like something that you want, Actually, when you think about the reality, it's not. And if you are building a business that you, it's not just get rich quick and then you'll leave it and move on to something else. If you're building a business that you care about, that you believe in, that comes from your soul and from your heart and that you want to be doing for the rest of your life, or at least a substantial portion of the rest of your life, then you've got to take it slow. It's got to be sustainable and get rich quick schemes and 10xing and doubling orders isn't sustainable. So how do we take it slow with our marketing when all the advice out there is telling you how to be fast, how to increase that growth and push, push, push and hustle, hustle, hustle? What actually does it take to do the opposite of that? So I've got a few things I'm going to talk to you about today which are really the foundation stones of everything that I teach and that will really set the scene for the episodes to come. So the very first thing to do is simplify. And I know that's an umbrella term, but really with that, it means just removing all the excess stuff that you've been reading and really looking at what you're doing and asking yourself why you're doing it. If you're doing something in your business because you've read or heard somewhere that you should and it doesn't feel right and you're not really sure why, then just stop doing it. It's obviously not serving you. You're obviously not doing it wholeheartedly in the way to make it work anyway. So just stop doing it. If there's anything that doesn't sit right with you in your business, any steps that have been recommended, if you've read a blog post and it says do these five things, but number four just makes you come out in hives, don't do it. That's your right as somebody who's self-employed and has your own business. Don't do things that you don't want to do and that doesn't sit right with you as a human being. The whole point of doing this is 
that you have a nice time doing it and that it, it fits with your soul. And there's no right answers with marketing. A lot of marketers, particularly ones who sell courses and services, want to tell you that their way is the right way to do it. And if you don't do it like that, then you're going to be a failure and you don't care about your business and you have to follow their five-step formula to be successful. And frankly, that is a lie. There is no right way to do marketing. The only right way to do it is the way that's going to make you do it consistently and sustainably and the way that your audience will respond to. And we'll come on to audience a little bit in a minute, but just remember that. If advice doesn't look like your business, it doesn't mean that your business is wrong. So if you're looking at, you know, one of those five-step formulas and you think, well, I can't even make this work for my business. This doesn't reflect it at all. That doesn't mean that you're wrong and that you're doing it wrong and you need to shift everything. Just because it doesn't look like your business doesn't mean that your business is wrong. So take from it what is useful and leave what isn't. Because if it's not useful for you, then guess what? It's not going to be useful. So just one last point on this is talking about people who give online marketing advice. And I include myself in that, you know, I produce online marketing advice and it's not going to be for everyone because I don't write it for everyone. I write it for people like you. So somebody who wants to 10x their income coming to my site isn't going to find what they need and that's fine because it's not for them. So when you're consuming content, consuming information and it's making you feel icky or confused or like you're doing things wrong, just have a look at the person who created it and read through their about page and read between the lines about who they're doing it for. And if you don't recognise yourself in the person that they are and that they're trying to be and that they appeal to, then the information is not for you. And that's fine. That doesn't mean that it's wrong. It doesn't mean that you're wrong. It just means it's for someone else and you don't need to worry about it. So now that you know how to simplify and to simplify, first of all, I hope that it's kind of releasing <laughs> releasing you from that tyranny of what you should be doing. But then what do you do? Once you know that you what you don't want to do, you need to know what you do want to do. So the way that I always start working with my clients and in every blog post I've ever written, I bang on about this for ages, it's about starting with a strong purpose, starting with the why of what you're doing. Now, usually when we start businesses, we start with a what, because particularly with product businesses, but also with services, we find a thing that we like and that we're good at. So whether that means you love photography, so you become a photographer, or you are a knitter, so you start knitting cushions, you start with the what, because that's what you wanted to do. But really the difference between a brand and just a business is the why. So think about all the businesses that you constantly go back to that you buy from again and again that you're a loyal customer to and I don't mean supermarkets I mean brands where you're buying things that you don't need in inverted commas but you really want think about those brands and how they make you feel and why you continue to buy from them on one level it'll be yes you like the products you like the quality on the other hand you like the way they make you feel you like what buying from that brand tells you about yourself. You buy into what they stand for. You want to be a part of their story. And that's what makes the difference. 
that's what you should want to be in your business. You want people to want you and what you stand for and how you make you feel, not just the stuff that you do. Because people are coming to you for your product and the stuff that you do, they're not going to be loyal. The minute they find somebody doing it cheaper or more conveniently, they're going to jump ship and go to them because they only want the thing. They don't care who it comes from. Because you want people to care where it comes from. You want people to buy into you and what you stand for and to come back again and again and again. And you want to build relationships and community with those people because that's the way you start a sustainable business. If you're always looking for new customers over and over again, you're always chasing. Whereas if you can build a community of customers who get it, who get you, who will always come back and buy from you every two months, that's sustainable because you've got a really constant stream of income there. So work out what your why is. A way to do that is there's an exercise where you ask yourself why five times. So if you say, I want to create knitted products, well, why? Oh, because I love knitting. Why? Oh, well, because when I was a kid, I used to learn with my grandma and I loved that her house was full of knitted stuff. Why? Well, because it made it feel homely and I got a lot of comfort from it. And you see, that's when you're starting to get yourself towards a why. And then other people buy into that. People who come to your website and hear you talking about the comfort of home. And, you know, maybe they're renting and they don't have that, but they think, God, if I could just buy one of those cushions, I could really feel a little bit more comfortable in my home. Or maybe they have their own home and they've just moved in and They've never had their own home before and they don't know what they're doing (laughs) or how to decorate, but they know that they want to feel the way that you talk about your grandmother's house. So they buy a cushion. And then in six months' time, they buy another one. And then when you bring out a new product range, they buy stuff from that because they wanted to feel the same way that you did. And that's another thing that a strong purpose does. It allows you to pivot and it allows you to transition your business model. So let's say you are a web designer and You are the best web designer on the internet and everybody comes to you for your web design and you've designed all the best websites. But then actually you want to illustrate children's books. That's the thing that you love to do and you really want to do it. But nobody's going to buy your children's books because you're a web designer. Why would they buy children's books from a web designer? Whereas if you started with a why, which might have been your aesthetic or that you created playful, childlike, wonderful web designs, but actually the why was all about the childlike wonder, then obviously the children's book is going to make sense. Why wouldn't they buy a children's book from you? Why wouldn't they then buy your range of children's clothes and toys? Having that strong why means that everything that you want to do makes sense because it stems from that why and from you rather than shifting from one what to another one that doesn't make sense to people. And the very last thing that a a purpose is great for is anchoring you. One thing that a lot of people that I work with really struggle with is the fact that they've got everything in the whole world as a choice of things to talk about and to do. Whereas a purpose anchors them. It means they've got a standard to hold things up to. So an example I use is if you have an ethical, vegan, sustainable clothing company and the Daily Mail get in touch, they're probably not in line with your purpose. So that's an easy way to say no. And yes, the coverage would be huge, but is the coverage the right coverage? Then no. So it allows you to anchor and make decisions a lot better. 
The third thing in this kind of slow marketing manifesto is audience and audience, 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 because this is the very most important thing. We're going to talk about it in basically every single episode of this podcast ever, because the person that you're serving has to be at the heart of your business and everything that you do. When you know who you're serving and what they need and what they struggle with and what they want to achieve and what they're searching for and what they're too scared to ask their friends about, when you know where they are online, when you know what magazines they read, what podcasts they listen to, whether they prefer Instagram or Twitter, and if they do prefer Instagram, who do they follow? When you know that stuff, your marketing plan writes itself because that first bit about their needs and their goals, that's the communication that you're writing. That's your blog posts, that's your emails, that's your Instagram captions, that's all your messaging. And then when you know where they are, that's where you put those messages. And that's all the marketing is. There's not all that fluff on top. That's all superfluous. It's about getting in front of your people where they are with the information that they need to see. And just treating them like a human as well. I'm going to come on to this a little bit in a minute, but actually remembering it's very easy for us to sit behind our computer screens and go, oh, people need this. Whereas actually that's quite dehumanising and you just end up seeing people as this, this mass and not as the individuals that they actually are. We also tend to see people just in the context that we can serve them. So going back to the web designer example, we think of them as just somebody with a business who needs a website and what those goals and challenges are. But then we don't think of them also as a mother or a student or somebody in a full-time job as well. We don't think of them as a whole rounded person. And actually, the more that you can speak to the whole rounded person, the more effective you will be because they'll feel understood and listened to. And it also helps you to get in front of them more. Say you've got a local business and they go to one cafe. There's like this one cafe that's just amazing. If you can get your flyers in there, even if it's not related to the cafe at all, you're still getting in front of your people. So it's thinking about them as whole humans and thinking about their day-to-day life and how you can pop up there. So if they work from home, what do they do to procrastinate and how can you be in that place that they're procrastinating? How can you provide content for them to procrastinate with? If they also work in a job, well, where do they where do they walk? What do they do when they're walking? What do they do on the train? Do they listen to a podcast? Do they read a magazine? Do they scroll? It's thinking about these people as real people and knowing how you can be a part of their life because that's what you want your brand to do. You can't just show up once every couple of weeks because they're getting bombarded with all this information. They're going to forget that one person. So the usual adage is that it takes seven contacts for people to make a purchasing decision. And so a contact is something from seeing you on Instagram, seeing you mentioned by an influencer, hearing your name mentioned on a podcast opening a magazine and seeing you there, googling something and a blog post of yours comes up. These are all the touch points that will build up to creating trust with them to buy from you from the very first time. And remember also that if everyone just likes you, then no one's going to love you. And the whole point of having a purposeful business is that you have an audience that loves you and they come back again and again and again to buy from you. So just think about that. Is what you're doing making people like you or making people love you? And the only way to really make people love you is to get really specific and talk just to them because otherwise you're just going to be generic. Which really brings us on nicely to being human, which I know 
sounds ironic because you can't be anything but human, but you know what? We all forget that we are human a lot of the time, especially in marketing, because all of this complicated stuff and advice that we have online has made us think that it's this complicated thing and we need these funnels and we need this really expensive piece of software in order to do anything basically right when actually all that marketing is is a human talking to another human at its basis level. So even when it was back in the days of bartering it was two people who wanted the same thing and they just had to work out a way between them to get it right. And we're doing the exact same thing, but for some reason we've added on algorithms and five-step formulas, when really you just have to remember it's that human-to-human thing. All that sales and marketing is, is an exchange between two people. And somewhere along the line, it's been complicated. So just bear that in mind and use your humanity to your advantage. If you're a small business, you have that human thing down you know the big corporates have to pretend to be human because they're actually just sprawling and there are hundreds of thousands of different humans in there and there's nobody taking the lead whereas for you you are an actual person so you can build that personal trust you can talk as a human to other humans and you can just approach it from that perspective so don't think that the fact that you're small should hold you back because it's your biggest superpower And finally, and this is another big one. I mean, they're all big ones, (laughs) but this really ties into what I was just saying about how it's just an exchange between two people and that's serving with value. And this is a little bit contentious and people feel like, oh, I don't want to give away everything. I don't want to give away my secrets. I don't want to give away things away, but just do it, (laughs) really. I mean, you've got to do it in a way that works for you, but you've got to approach things with the point of view of how can I help people? Because if what you do isn't valuable, then people aren't going to give you their value back. So the most obvious one is that you have a product, which is valuable, and people exchange it for money, which is valuable to you. So that's the value exchange there. But marketing from the very first touch point is a constant value exchange. So right at the beginning, you are exchanging something that's valuable for the attention of the person that you want to be attracting. So that can be an Instagram picture that's really beautiful and it makes them stop for a minute and give you their attention. And then actually, if you've got a caption which makes them laugh or makes them think or speaks to them in some other way, they'll exchange more attention for it. You know, they might even exchange a click to your website. And then when they get to your website and there's this really fascinating blog post, they're going to exchange more attention for that value. And because they've got all this value from you so far, they're going to look at your email opt-in and it's going to be an ebook, which is just going to speak to them in a way that they think, oh, you know what? I've been waiting for something like this. And because that's so valuable, they're going to exchange their email address for it. And then when you send them email marketing, whether it's once a week, whether it's once a month, And that is so packed full of value that they're going to look forward to it every time it comes. They're going to open it and they're going to devour every word. And then they're going to click all the links. And then if you're promoting a new service, they're going to go straight over there and sign up and they're going to buy it because they've had all this value from you, that they've given you all their attention and they know you, they love you, they trust you, and they're going to give you their financial value in return. So yes, with this kind of marketing, there's a lot of upfront in inverted commas, free stuff 
that you're giving, but what you get back is so valuable to you. The trust of the people and that there are your people and they will advocate for you and they'll tell their friends and their colleagues, like, I signed up to this email list and oh my God, the emails changed my life. That's the way that you spread organically, sustainably, soulfully. And remember that people are very selfish. We are, as a species, very selfish. We approach things with what can I get out of this? How can I get what I need? That's just how how the world is. But we need to shift our thinking as marketers to understand that our customers are approaching us with that mindset. What can I get out of this? And we need to give them something. We need to approach them, not with the point of view of what can I get out of this person, but how can I help this person? How can I give this person what I need? So whether you're meeting face-to-face in a craft fair or in your shop, or whether you're meeting on your website virtually, they're coming to you with, what can I get out of this? And you're going to them with, what can I give? And that's going to be so much more conducive to building a relationship that's positive and valuable rather than just butting heads. So that's a really big mindset shift with starting to think about marketing and doing it in a more soulful way is not what can I get out of this? What can I get out of this? But how can I help? Just how can I help people? Because if you're helping people, you're going to get what you want out of it anyway. And I'm not saying have no goals. I'm not saying have no purpose because everything that you do needs to have a point to it. But that doesn't mean it can't be valuable as well. And you can't think, how can I help? So if for my business, for example, if I want to increase my mailing list subscribers, then I create a new opt-in. But I don't just think, oh, what can I do? What can I say? How can I say what I want to say? I think what's going to be really helpful for people that I can put in an opt-in. And does that fit with my purpose? Yes, it does. Then great, I'll do that. And that's the mindset shift that we think, not always trying to get what we have to say out and push, push, push. Just be gentler. Just be human. Just be valuable. So really... That's all you need to know about marketing in a nutshell. That's the end of the series. That's the end of the podcast. But I hope that even if you've never heard me talk about this before or you don't even know who I am, that this resonates with you in some way and that it feels soulful and that you feel released from the idea that marketing has to be something that makes you feel gross because it doesn't. And I really hate that there seems to be this perception that marketing is gross and that if you're trying to sell something, you're doing somebody else out of something. This whole idea that marketing seems to have become a game and there's a winner and a loser and there's tactics to get something out of someone else and yeah, we fooled them. Like That's not what it's about. It's about two people who want the same thing and you they both get it and they're both happy with that. So strip away everything that doesn't feel right to you and just do what does feel right. Because that's the stuff that you're going to do wholeheartedly. And that's something that I've found with working with clients and people who have small businesses is they, usually with Facebook, as an example, they're like, well, I feel like I have to be there and I hate it. But they don't show up there as their best self. They're not consistent. They're not putting their best foot forward there. So just don't do it. Because if you're not doing that, there's no point. You're probably doing more harm than good. So be brave enough to say what you are and aren't willing to do 
and be brave enough to say that you want to do things differently and you want to do it slowly and soulfully because the business that you're building deserves that. So I hope that you've enjoyed this very first episode of Grow With Soul and that it's given you a great introduction to everything else that you can expect from the rest of the podcast. So already coming up for you, I've got some interviews with people who you may have heard of or you may not have heard of, um, but they have some really interesting different views about marketing and how to do it and some really great tips as well. I also have some coaching episodes. So what that means is, well, it'll be people that you haven't heard of, probably. They're very small, got brand new businesses and they've got a marketing problem. And we just talk it out on the episode and we go through and we give them some things to to focus on and some ways to kind of get over that problem and move towards their goals. And what I hope with these episodes is that there are so many takeaways for people in similar situations. I've got a couple more solo shows for you as well. So that's what's going to be. And please do subscribe and leave a review on iTunes because that's what they say at the end of every podcast, right? But I've heard that it makes it easy for people to find you. Also, do tell your friends and if you've got a friend who you think needs to hear this, then send it over to them. And if you are that friend, please subscribe. (laughs) Also, if you share this on Instagram or Twitter or anywhere, just tag me in it or use the hashtag, hashtag growwithsoulpodcast and I will see it and I will share it with everybody else listening as well. Have a great week and grow with soul.